your Bible out. Now, here's the thing. When I get to the list of 70 things, all you're going to be able to do is write it because I'm just going to read them. Are you got that? I'm not going to teach 70 points, but I am going to read them off and live stream. If you miss it, this will be on. I know you don't, but watch now. I, <laughs> I'm about to prove something. I got, I got a point to prove. But here's the thing. Internet now, if you don't get them all, I can't slow down with 70. But by the way, did you know 70 is the number of restoration? It's a restoring number. I believe God's restoring something in this season. Through his word. Amen. And so, but, so you just try to write it, but if you miss any of it, everything will be out on, get this, OVTV, and you can go back and watch it all on demand, get it down in, the, in your notebooks and all of that good stuff. So don't worry if you miss it, I'm just going to get through them and then you can go back and watch later. And by the way, you know it's good to go back and watch sermons twice. How many of you believe that? Nudge your neighbor, look at him and say, you better watch it again. All right, praise God. All right, so let's open our Bibles to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. I want to preface a few things I'm going to say. Deuteronomy chapter eight. Now, here's the thing. Pastor, and we're going to go to the first, first verse. Pastor Hank had been saying in his series, talking about praying in tongues, breaking open the fountain of your deep. And the Lord asked him a question. How many remember what it is? The Lord said, what would happen if everybody... Come on, that means me, touch yourself. If everybody who is spirit-filled spoke in tongues what, what, and did it more often, what would happen if the body of Christ, come on, the spirit-filled church, began to lift our voice more often in the Holy Ghost? What would be the state of the church? What would be the state of the believer? What would be the state of social media? Come on, you remember he asked this question. And I was sitting on the front row as he asked it several weeks in a row. And I thought, God, that's powerful. But what would happen if everybody who is spirit-filled, loves God, loves his word, would read their Bible? What would happen if we would quote the scripture afresh again? What would happen if we would uphold the word of God in the midst of a culture that is abandoning the scripture? Come on, God, what would happen if we would have a stick to come on, to the word of God. What would happen to the state of the believer? What would happen to our health needs? What would happen, come on, to our finances? What would happen to our churches? What would happen with our prodigal children? What might happen if we had a fresh commitment driving us toward God's word? Can I get an amen in the room this morning? So Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 1, and this has been our base scripture for these last two weeks. Verse 1 says, all, somebody say all. all. All the commandments which I command you this day, you shall observe to do them. That you might live, number one, that is to be alive and well. Anybody alive in the room? Are you well? You want to be well? Who wants to be well? We all want to be well. And that you would multiply. That's increase. That's called blessing. That's called the prosperity of life. And that you will go in and possess the land. That's expansion. That's advancement. Anybody got a business in the room? And you want to expand and grow that business. You don't want to just stay where you are. You want your bottom line to be better next year than this year. If, oh, and if you, even if you don't have a business, how many of you want your income next year to be better? Nobody wants to be on the decline. And so God said, uh, if you'll keep my commandments, these are the things that will happen. 
which the Lord swore unto your fathers, that you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee. Now watch this. This is so important to see this verse. To prove you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. May I propose today that every single believer, every one of us under the sound of my voice, myself included, every single one of us will have to go through at some point in our journey with God a proving season where no matter the circumstance, hallelujah, no matter what we face, no matter what pain we've been through, no matter the trial, no matter the difficulty, no matter the emotional pressure, no matter what we're facing in the culture, in the culture that is abandoning the Bible, when you have 28% of millennials, only 28% still even believe that the Bible is God's word. Come on, what kind of day are we living in? Only 2% of that same age group have a biblical worldview. We're living in a different time. But we're going to all be put in a position at some time to walk through, am I preaching to somebody today, a wilderness situation where we will have to know and we will be proven to know whether or not we will hold on to God's word and not turn from it. We will be proven, come on somebody, whether or not we will stay with the confession of faith despite it looks like that prayer didn't get answered. It looked like you went through a hardship. You lost a loved one. But God is saying there is a people that will hold on to my word and I the God of the universe am going to cause that remnant to re-arise with a fresh anointing on the word of God hallelujah now Jesus fulfilled that wilderness in his own life think about it 40 days 40 nights he was in a wilderness why did God have him be there I mean to consider the fact that Jesus was in direct conflict with Satan himself. I mean, we think we've been through some things, but I mean, he was face to face with Satan, face to face with the devil for 40 days. It wasn't just three temptations. The Bible says in Matthew 4, Luke 4, that he was in 40 days and 40 nights tempted of the devil. So all that time he was in direct warfare. I mean, the scripture highlights three important ones. But here's the thing. Jesus had to go through that same wilderness just like the children of Israel to prove whether or not he would walk in God's word, whether or not he would uphold the scriptures. And it was reflected when he was under pressure. Come on now. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and sweat and blood were flowing from his pores, it was proven that Jesus would stand the test and stay with what God said and what God's plan was through his word. Jesus proved that. And so every one of us today is going to have to at some point face the fact that we're going to have to know whether we will stick with God's word or whether we'll let go of it when we're frustrated and when life gets tough. And this is where many people who claim, are you hearing me now? Many people who claim to be Christians this is where many are. We're at a testing point. Like Pastor said, and I love this, it was so good. He talked about we are in a test. I really believe the church right now, we're in a test. Come on, will we walk with God or will we go with the culture? Will we walk with his word and uphold his commandments when there's peer pressure to say, well, you should believe something else? Will we stand up? 
boldly for traditional marriage just because the culture's saying or they'll tell you we're going to fire you if you don't um, stand and, and promote inclusivity, if you don't pr you know, promote all of the things that we want promoted, will we stand up bold for the word of God to the point, am I preaching to somebody, to our own hurt that we will defend God and his word. And this is what God told Israel because he knew they were going to have an opportunity to choose between him and Baal. He knew, God knew that they would have the opportunity to come before giants in the land and they would have to decide if they were going to go in and possess or they were going to retreat in fear. Some people right now in the body of Christ are living literally cloaked in fear. Fear of the government, fear of the mandates, you're going to find out in the 70, the list of 70, you're going to find out in a few moments that the word of God will make you unafraid of the mandates of evil governments. God's word will cause you to have a boldness and a confidence in an evil day. And so Israel had to face their own fears and God wanted to know, I mean, I think God knew, but they had to prove it to themselves. Sometimes we have to prove to ourselves. you know what, listen, I'm going to come on the other side of this trial and I'm not even going to have the smell of smoke. I'm going to go through the fire and, I, and it's going to look like the devil never even had a chance to touch me. I'm going to, I, I may go through this deal, but I'm going to come on the other side smiling. I'm going to come on the other side quoting the word of God. I'm going to come on the other side still believing in healing, still believing in prosperity, even in the face of lack. Will we walk in his word or not? And then God continues there in Deuteronomy and he says, And he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna which you didn't know, neither did thy fathers know that he might, look at this, make you to understand that man does not live by bread alone. Come on, natural solutions will only do so much for us. And by the way, this life is temporal. That's a news flash for you. It's short. The scripture says it's short. It's but a vapor. Eternity is forever. And God's word will last forever. Whatever you're going through, if you're, in, if you're in a challenge right now under the sound of my voice, if you're facing something, you've been through something, there's some hardship. May I just tell you, this life is temporal. But God's word will last forever. And we can't live on natural solutions I love to say this phrase again and again. Thank God. Garlic pills are not the healer of the church. Jesus is. <laughs> Amen. You can take vitamins and that's good. There's nothing wrong with being healthy and exercising and doing all the right things. You know, just because we believe in prosperity doesn't mean you have to have, you should have a disastrous budget and no plan. That's or be a frivolous spender. Nobody's saying that. But the fact of the matter is, is we can only trust in the natural so much. We cannot live by bread alone, but I believe in this season, if we're going to come through all of the things that the devil is throwing at, come on, hurling at God's people, not only on a national level, because we've been through some stuff, not only on a national level, but on a, a personal level. In the middle of that, that's the thing, you know, Satan is, he's, he's, he's evil. He'll just, in the middle of all that's happening in the world, and in the culture and in the economy, and then he'll bring attack on people's family and on their health. And I'm telling you, though, the devil is a loser. He will lose, and we will win because God's word doesn't fail. God's word is true. 
And I love this. Let God be true. Come on, somebody. Let God be true and every man a liar. So we have to live by the word of God. And every one of us will have to go through that. That's why the Bible says in these familiar scriptures, come on, you should have these memorized if you don't. Proverbs 4 and verse 20, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear, right? To my what? To my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. That means you're going to have to look at the Bible every day. Okay, if you're skipping three days, that means they've departed. I mean, right? Are y'all looking at me like, really? <laughs> if you're not, if the eyes aren't on the book, even if you know, even if you know the verses, go back and look again. Read it again until it's in your spirit. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your hearing to my sayings, not the fake media. Why would you want to listen to CNN over God? I can't figure it out. And people do it every day. And they just lie and lie and lie and people share it. It's a travesty. It's terrible. So incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart for they are what? Life to who? Those who find them. Not the people that are too busy. Not the people that don't have time. If you want to live, how many of you want to live long? I want to live a long life. I don't want life to be cut short. None of us wants our life to be aborted early. But the Bible says that it, those words, God's word, will be life to you and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Come on, keep it. So that, that means don't just let the media lie to you. Don't just believe every, every uh, headline on Facebook or fake book, I guess. Amen. Watching stupid videos on YouTube. You know, there's a lot of, can I just say, there's a lot of time wasters in a lot of things that just steal from us when we could be giving that to God. So keep your heart with all diligence. God told Joshua, Joshua 1.8, you ought to know this verse. How many of you know it? Okay, God said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your what? So we're to talk the word every day. We're to talk scriptures every day. The reason some of us aren't successful is we talk the problem more than we talk the Bible. We talk our pain more than we talk the word. We talk our situation and our lack. We talk about gas prices more than we talk the Bible. He said, don't let it depart out of your mouth. Come on. But you shall meditate in their, their day and what? Night. Both. That means you've got to do it all the time. We got to get back to these things. That's why there's some Christians that are crumbling because we're not praying in tongues. Amen. And maybe we're just not getting in the word like we should. Because I believe there'd be a whole lot more power and a whole lot more faith coming out of the church to counter the works of the devil that has been trying. But yo, know, you have people that are afraid. So he said, day and night that you may observe. To do all, not some of it, all of it. We, and that means we can't just pick out the parts of the Bible that we like. We're going to have to do the parts we don't like. When I first started reading the Bible, and when, as I was a teenager, and I would study the scriptures, and I was so hungry for God, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit at about 14 years of age, and I was just hungry. I wanted to know the word and study divine healing and learn about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because the church I grew up in didn't teach that. And it was the church of the frozen chosen. 
And believe me, it was frozen. They, but anyhow, and I was just so hungry. I wanted to get in the Word for myself. And as I started just sometimes having times of reading the Bible, I remember thinking, God, there's parts of this I don't enjoy. You know, I'm that honest with God. There's just parts that I, that's hard to do. Or God, that's impossible to do that. There are things that it looks like if you obey God and his word, it'll be to your detriment. Or you're just your flesh. Your flesh doesn't enjoy it. Your flesh doesn't like it. Okay, we don't always like to forgive when we're mad. Right? We don't always like to speak right when we're feeling discouraged. Come on, that's one of the hardest things you'll do in your life is when you have a bad day or you're frustrated and upset, that's one of the hardest times it is. Nobody wants to get out and go, Father, I thank you. Your mercy is good, Lord. While, you know, you've just got a bad report from the doctor. But this is what the Bible's telling us, that you might observe. God told Joshua that you might observe to do all of it. All that is written therein, for then... I love the ending of that verse. For then it will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Hallelujah. You ought to shout for that. How many of you want to be successful? Now here's the thing. If you're new to the things of the kingdom, because you know in this day and age, I can't assume all of you have been saved 40 years. So there's a lot of new people probably hearing me today that they're like, well, Pastor Brenda, where in the world should I start reading? I mean, I don't know where to start. I'm telling you, Start in the book of Proverbs. It'll keep you in line. Then go to the book of Psalms. It'll encourage you. Go read the historical books of the Old Testament and you'll learn about God's character and how he feels about the wicked. You will learn that. Go read the New Testament, the, the, the four Gospels and the book of Acts. If you read the four Gospels, you'll get to know Jesus. If you read the book of Acts, you'll understand the power of the church. You read the epistles of the, of the apostle Paul and Peter, and you will learn life's wisdom. Come on, somebody. You'll learn how to walk in life. You'll learn how to understand what to do and what not to do. And what things will help you and what things will kill you. That's good. Read the Old Testament prophets. The Old Testament prophets will show you God's plan, his agenda. And watch this now. They will teach you his balance. And this is very important. His balance between judgment and mercy. Because God is a beautiful balance of both. And I tell you, as a believer, that's one of the hardest things you'll do. Stand up for righteousness and walk in love. So start somewhere, but start somewhere if you're new to it. Now, here's the thing. Last week, I'm going to say this quickly because I got 70 to share. (laughs) You're all looking at me like she'll never. She's never going to say it. Oh, yes, I am. I'm going to say it. But let me just say this. So last week, very quickly, I just want to highlight, we talked about uh, the parable of the sower. And you can go back and mark four. We don't have to turn to it now. But verse 13, Jesus said something very profound. He said, if you know this parable or you understand this principle, that's a good way to say that. If you understand this principle, then you will understand or have revelation of the entirety of God's kingdom. You will know all parables is how Jesus said it. And he highlighted 
Four ways people respond to the word of God. Now, this is that proving wilderness that every one of us will have to go through. Every one of us at some point, you maybe have already been through that on some level, and you're in a testing point where you're like, you know, man, God, it's really hard to hold on to the scripture when I've been through this, or hard to hold on to your word regarding this because of the situation. But Jesus highlighted these four because he knew every single one of us at some point would have to be proven to stand for his word. He said, these are they that are by the wayside where the word is sown, right? But when it was sown, Satan comes immediately and does what? Takes the word. Now, we usually read that as the Christian that gets excited, but I really think that's the next group. This is the one who it just bounces off and they never receive it. Now, sometimes that's people, when it comes to salvation, we preach the gospel, they just reject the gospel, and really, that does highly point to that group. But sometimes, I I really feel like this verse applies more in this modern culture than it ever has, because we're in such a, you know, a, 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 a culture with so much anger, so much division, people have become more... You know, and I love social media. I know I always get on it a lot. But, uh, you know, I think the comments have not helped a lot of us. There's a lot of things that we read in those comments. And people think that the comment section means you can just say anything. And you can get in there and just criticize and argue with fellow believers in the comments. And I just think it's poor. I really do. How many of you agree with that? I, I, I just feel like it's not in good taste. To me, if you go to a live stream, whether it be this church or another church, and you get on and say critical things, it's no different than standing up in the middle of the service and heckling the pastor. People are coming to receive, right? So in some ways, social media has made us have some bad behaviors that really aren't biblical, I think. And getting out there and people are sharp-tongued. And I'm all for boldness, but there's a balance in how we, yeah. right? There should be a balance in our presentation. We're still Christians, by the way. And so we still have to be tasteful. Amen. And we still have to be graceful. We still have to be biblical. Right? Biblical. We still have to have manners. Come on. Whatever happened to manners in the world? You know, I mean, just goodness. People can't wait for three seconds at a stoplight without just losing it. If you don't, like, take off. I was right out over here one day. I went to this McDonald's right out one day during the work week. And I went out to the corner. I was going to Hobby Lobby, man. I went and got me a, I went and got me a chicken sandwich. And I got up to this light on the corner. And I thought, I'm going to take a quick bite of my chicken sandwich while I'm waiting. I mean, you might as well eat the chicken while you're at the light. I took a bite of my chicken sandwich. And the light turned green as I was in bite mode. And the person behind me, I mean, and it's not like I waited forever. But, I mean, the person behind me already had their hand out the car making a gesture. And I couldn't, I I hadn't, and I thought, goodness, I mean, you know, here I was, and I just, so, you know. I wanted to accelerate even slower. You know, you know how you can just. Let me go through this light until it's yellow by the time your nose of your car gets to it. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that, but I remained a Christian in my heart. I chewed my sandwich and waved and kept on going. Hallelujah. Come on, keep the praise on your lips, somebody. If you can't keep your praise in traffic. 
A good test of your Christianity is get behind the wheel of a vehicle. I promise you. It'll prove you. It'll test you and try you and see what's in your heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> so these are the ones that are just the critics. They reject. They're not like the Bereans who, you know, take a minute to say, okay, you know, I don't know about that prophetic word. I don't know about that sermon, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and study. I'm not going to just put up all my walls all the time. That's what this culture is doing. That's why nobody's learning anything. Nobody's developing. I'm not saying listen to evil and false doctrine. I'm not talking about that. But we can't also fall into just being a critic of everything and everyone. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown and they just reject it. Then there's a second group says, these are those, come on, that's sown on the stony ground, who when they have heard the word, the Bible says immediately they what? Receive it with? These are the church folks. They come to church. They get in the prayer line. They're excited. They worship God through the service, right? They dance and shout. They, get, they quote. <laughs> they quote the scripture. <laughs> they quote it boldly. And then the minute they get in the parking lot and something doesn't go right or that person calls that they've had an offense with, with, come on, it says when affliction or persecution arises for what? The word's sake. Immediately they are offended. They get offended because they have no root in themselves. Now this is a lot of people in the church right now. They don't have root in the word of God. You know, it's one thing to just love the Bible and have an appreciation for the Bible. It's another thing to live the Bible. It's another thing to dig your heels in and get your root system strong in the, in the scriptures. And so these, there's a lot of people who are disillusioned by the fact that they didn't have this thing happen the way they wanted. Maybe a prayer didn't answer the way they'd hoped. And it says the affliction, and by the way, the devil will attack because of the seed of the word in your life. And it said they'd become offended. And I don't want to be a person that goes around frustrated because I always feel like, well, okay, God, I'm trusting you, but it just doesn't seem like anything happened. I don't want to be in that group. And then there's the next group, it says, and it says, this is an easy one for today, that were sown among thorns. And the ones among thorns, the Bible says uh, they, they heard the seed of the word, but they got busy. They got lustful for other things. Come on, this is a culture in the United States of America where there's stuff to do everywhere. Even in Omaha, Nebraska, we have a zoo. You can go to the zoo. Now, I'm not saying don't ever go out and have fun, but sometimes there's the lure of this world to pull you aside and make you think you've got more time for laundry than you have time for Jesus. And so the cares of this world, lusts of other things came in and choked the word, and it did what? It didn't bear any fruit in their life. But then there was those who it was born on good ground who bore fruit. In other words, they took that word and held on to it through their wilderness, through their challenge, through their difficulty. They held on to that word until they got to the other side and there was fruit that came from the promises and the word of God. Come on, how many of you want to live in that group? How many of you want to live in that group? How many of you don't want to be a barren Christian? I don't want to be a barren believer. I want to be a fruit-bearing believer that will stand on God's word and see it come to pass. Hallelujah. All right. So this is why we got to be in our Bibles. Psalm 119. I was going to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to because there's like 170 verses. But here's what I did. I pulled out 70 things 
a commitment. Somebody say commitment to God's word will do in your life. I'm going to read them to you. You better write fast because I've got about seven minutes. And I timed it. I can do it. I want you to know I can do it, Pastor Hank. 70. Somebody say 70. 70 is a number of restoration. Come on, may I prophesy to you for a moment that I believe through the power of God's word and a fresh commitment to the scriptures, God is going to restore some things in this room and everybody under the sound of my voice, God is going to restore some things the devil has stolen from you, stolen from your children, stolen from your family. Come on, it's time to put Satan underneath our feet. It's time for restoration to come to God's people. Come on, shout hallelujah. All right, number one, all from Psalm 119. I told the booth, I said, don't even try to put up the scriptures because I'm going to go too fast. Here we go. Are you ready? Number one, God's word will bring God's blessing in your life. Psalm 119, one through two. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Number two, God's word will keep you from being disappointed. Anybody had some disappointment in 2020 and 2021 and 2022? God, King James uses the word ashamed, but it means disappointed. Psalm 119.6. God's word number three will cause you to keep a thankful attitude toward God. Thankful. Somebody say, I'm thankful. Psalm 119 verse 7. In fact, I won't even say it's all Psalm 119. I'll just say the verse. How's that sound? Because I'm on a time crunch here. It, number four, it will cleanse you from sin. Verses 9 and 11. God's word. Number five, will cause you to rise above and not worry about your critics. Anybody had some critics before? Verses 21 through 23. Number six, God's word will be your counsel when you need advice. Praise the Lord. Put some counselors maybe out of business. I don't know. But verse, that's verse 24. Verse 26, God's word will make, help you make right and quality choices and plans. Verse 27, God's word will help you speak right about God's character. Amen. Number nine, God's word, verse 28, will give you strength when you feel weak. Number 10, God's word will keep you, watch this, immersed in truth. Verse 30, we need that right now more than ever. Verse Number 11, it will give you understanding and insight. Verses 33 and 34. Number 12, God's word will keep you from being covetous. Verses 36 and 37. And then verse 38, number 13, it will reassure you of God's promises. Number 14, God's word will renew righteousness within you. Verse 40. Verse 41, God's word will fill your heart with an awareness of God's mercy and loving kindness over your life. Verse 42, God's word will enable you to answer your critics and your enemies when you need to. Number, verse 45, number 17, God's word will liberate you and put your mind at ease. Verse 46 is number 18, God's word will give you confidence to speak before important people and dignitaries. Number 19 from first verse 49, God's word will give you hope about your life and about your future. Number 20, from verse 50, God's word will comfort you in times of trial and affliction. Number 21, from verses 51 and 69, God's word will stabilize you when you're criticized and ridiculed. 22, from verse 52, God's word will comfort you. 
23 from verse 56, 5 and 56, God's work will speak to your soul during the night hour. Number 24 from verse 59, God's word will give you divine direction for your life. 25 from verse 61, God's word will deliver you from peer pressure. That's why a lot of pastors are marrying homosexuals because, right, peer pressure. Number 26 from verses 65 and 68, God's word will remind you that the Lord has always been good to you. We need some reminder about that. Number 27 from verse 66, it will build faith in God's commands and promises. Number 28 from verse 72, God's word will give you the right perspective regarding finances and money. Number 29 from verse 73, God's word will remind you that you are created in his perfect image. Number 30 from verse 75, God's word will give you the right perspective during a trial. Number 31 from verse 78, God's word will help you concentrate on God when you're surrounded by evil. Number 32 from verse 79, God's word will unify you with like-minded believers. Number 33 from verse 80, God's word will cause you to live a blameless life. Number 34 from verses 81 through 85, God's word will keep you from emotional weariness and the feeling to give up. That's good. Number 35, we are halfway done. Are these helping you today? Church is almost over. Watch. I'm telling you, God's word will change your life. Verse 89, number 35, God's word will become your final say and your answer. Verses uh, 90 and 92 is number 36. God's word will help you see his wonder and power in creation. Number 37 from uh, verses 93 and 143. God's word will sustain your joy in life and break the power of depression. Number 38 from verses 94 and 95. God's word will save you from destruction and the enemy's attacks. Number 39. God's word will reveal to you that God has no limits. That's verse 96. Number 40 from verse 98. Are you writing? Are you going to listen again? (laughs) God's word. This is the word of God. This is what it'll do for us. It will cause you to outsmart your enemies. (laughs) There's a lot of enemies out there. Verse 41 from verses 99 or number 41 from verses 99 through 100. God's word will make you wiser than most of teachers and instructors. That's not hard to do right now. Number 42. Verses 101 and 103, God, it will cause you his word to be taught by God himself. Number 43, God's word will give you a distaste for that which is fake and false. Verse 104. Number 44, God's word will make, God's word will make God's will obvious to you. Verse 105. Number 45, from verse 109, God's word will remind you that your life is always, always, someone say always, in God's hands. Number 46, God's word will give you a strong determination to do the right thing. That's verse 112. Number 47 from verse 113, God's word will give you a taste for disloyalty and division. We need some of that now. Number 48 from verse 115, you will not want to have any sinful or compromising friends when you are in God's word. Number 49, uh, from verses 118 and 19, when you're in God's word, you will understand God's attitude 
of intolerance toward the wicked. Number 50, God's word will help you see the faithfulness and the reliability of God's promises. That's verse 123. Verse, or number 51, God's word will help you, oh, I like this one, will help you expect an immediate miracle in your situation. That's verse 126. Number, you guys like that one. I like that one too. Number 52, when you're in God's word, you will see God's boundary is a hedge of, of safety and not a restriction. That's verses 137 through 138 and also verse 129. Number 15, God's word will make you smart in areas where you don't feel you are. Verse 130. Number 54, you will be grieved when you're in the word by sin and wickedness like God is grieved. That's 136 and 158. Number 55, when you're in God's word, you'll experience that his word can be tested and found faithful. Verse 140. Number 56, when you're in God's word, you will know that he is always fair and God is always just. Verse 142, God's word, number 57, will draw you into prayer. Verse 145. Number 58, God's word will help you focus on God from morning all the way to the night. That's verses 147 and 48. Come on, 59. 59, God's word will inject you with life and health. Verse 149, number 60, when you're in the word, you will understand that God, was, God is always near you and will never leave you or forsake you. Number 61 from verse 160, come on somebody, it will give you an awareness of eternity. We need an awareness about heaven and hell. Number 62 from what verse 161, you will not fear the mandates and the harshness of evil governments. Hallelujah. Number 63 from verse 162, God's word will cause you to want to study and search the hidden treasures of heaven. Number 64 from verse 164, <laughs> that was hard to say. God's word will keep you praising all day long and prevents complaining. <laughs> we need that. No complaining when you're in the word. You don't want to complain when you're listening to what God says. Number 65, God's word will keep you calm and collected. This is a good time for the piano to come because we are on 65. <laughs> And this is from verse 165. God's word will keep you calm and collected. Number 66, God's word will remind you that God is watching everything you do. Verses 167 and 168. Number 67, God's word will sharpen your discernment. That's verse 169. Number 68, from verse 170, you will have confidence that God always hears your prayers. A lot of people don't have confidence that God's listening when they pray. But you know, the Word will change that. God's Word will change that in your life. Number 69. We're almost there. God's Word will guard your mouth and cause you to talk right. Verses 171 and 172. All right, here's the last one. Stand up on your feet. Go 100. You can do the other 30. Are you ready? You're going to love this one. This is from verse 176. God's word will keep you from ever, ever, ever backsliding and turning your back on God. Can I tell you, we need a revival. Come on, is there a shout in the room? We need a revival of the scriptures. We need a revival. We need some experts that know how to wield our sword in a wicked and evil day. Come on, shout to God and say, God, I'm hungry. Teach me your word. And God, today, I make 
give God a shout as Pastor Doug comes.